So what do we all believe? A series we're walking into, or we're wanting to look in these weeks at, at some of the main religions and spiritualities of our day to see how, what is a Christian faith, how does it compare to Islam, to, to Buddhism, Hinduism, Mormonism? Uh, what are things that kind of unite us in what we believe, and, and in what ways do we differ? Last week, we looked at Buddhism together, and this week, we're going to look at Islam. And I felt far better than me sharing about this, it'd be good for me to bring our friend Wajdi in with us. Wajdi Ishkander actually grew up in Sudan. He was part of the Bedouin people. He grew up in the teachings of Islam, was himself a Muslim for many years, eventually a point of great devotion, joining the Muslim Brotherhood, which has been much in the news lately, particularly in Egypt, as they're trying to take control there. But Wajdi, through his journey of life, came to the point of eventually turning in faith to Jesus. Because of his faith in Jesus, he was sentenced to be in prison and sentenced to death. Thankfully, he's here, so he escaped from that prison. And in the intervening years, has been part of planting churches in Europe, in Australia, even the United Arab Emirates, who is part of an underground church there as well. So it's with great joy we can invite Wajdi to come and teach us today. Uh, as he seeks to bring us understanding of both Islamic teaching and the teaching of Christ together. So we welcome Wajdi as he comes to teach. Well, let, us, let me just greet you this way. Um, well, this is my third service here. So last night they didn't disappoint me, and this early morning they didn't disappoint me. So I pray that you will not disappoint me. <laughs> so I will say, God is good, you reply all the time, and I say all the time, and God is good. Is that okay? Please don't disappoint me. Okay, God is good? All the time? Wow, maybe I'll seek membership here. Amen, amen. Well, I'm glad to be with you here. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, I heard there's some Muslim going to be here. I'm glad that you are here. I would love to talk to you after the service. Uh, just to give you a background of my Islamic belief, um, I study Islam. In fact, uh, I completed the memorization of the Quran for the Muslim who are here. I finished Juz Amma wa Juz Tabarak. And I've been, been introduced uh, part of the uh, Muslim Brotherhood for a short of period of time. So I will be glad to talk to you at any point that I will be sharing uh, this morning. Um, as we're going to be studying uh, today about Islam, we're not going to talk about women in Islam. We're not going to talk about jihad or the uh, holy war or terrorism. We're not going to talk about Muhammad because there's a lot of understanding or there are a lot of things about this area. But what I'm going to talk about actually, five areas kind of common between us and them in words, not in belief. And this area that will help you to communicate Christ. We are in the Great Commission. We are in the conversion business, if you allow me to say that. And the reason we're doing this, so you can communicate Islam. Uh, sorry, you can communicate uh, Christianity with uh, your friend, if you have a friend, a Muslim friend, if you have a colleague, if you have a neighbor. And this is to help you to communicate the gospel with them clearly. And this is why uh, I believe we're 
doing this so you can able to relate to them. And uh, as I'm going through it, I pray that God will use it, not only understanding Islam, but also with your journey and your walk with the Lord Jesus. Amen? Thank you. As we begin here, um, just the theological ice break, uh, the Islam theological ice break is to two. Number one, you have your uh, popular belief and practice. And this coming from the Quran, and there is another book, it's called Hadith, which is the saying of Muhammad or the tradition. For instance, the prayer of the Muslim is not found in the Quran, it's found in the Hadith. So this is kind of a popular belief and practice. The other area, I call it theory, but in Arabic we call it fatwa. What is it? That this kind of things that is not written in the Quran or written in the Hadith. For example, we just celebrated Christmas. One of the things that will say, the Muslim, they will ask, should we have a Christmas light? Should we have a Christmas tree? Uh, can we greet the Christian uh, Merry Christmas? So this is not found in any of the book. So some of the Islamic leaders will say, okay, you're not allowed to do all this. Or maybe they will go, okay, yeah, it's okay to say Merry Christmas. So this is, we call it kind of uh, fatwa or theory. Something is not written or known in their practice. So this is kind of the theological icebreak there. There is some of the area here we're going to be discussing. I would love you to listen and listen and listen what they're saying to you. I know we are uh, uh, Christian and sometimes uh, our evangelical practice, we're right into it and we miss the point. So just listen what they're saying to you. The other area, do not contradict and do not agree. Uh, present what the Bible teach by using story. One of the things that I would really love for you to do, not only among the Muslims, but anywhere, use the Bible. This is a great book. This is a wonderful book. This is an amazing book. There is a lot of things in this book you can use. You don't need to use outside illustration. I remember we were doing an outreach in London, England, in Gordon Road. And I have some of my students with me as we were uh, helping them how to share their faith with the Muslim in that area. If you go, to, you, you can feel like you're in Middle East more than you're in Europe. So one of my students was sharing, actually, and from far away, I kind of saw like the conversation is really not going good from the gesture of their hand. And so I said, I better go and rescue him. And uh, so I went there and I said, what's the problem and what, how I can help you? And uh, so I found that the Muslim is asking my student question and he's kind of giving him all kind of illustration. And he was telling him, what is your book is saying? And he kept giving him a story and he said, I want to know what your book is saying. They really want to know what your book is saying. And we have a lot, as I said, in this book. The other things uh, is humbly and gently. Use your own story. How you, did, how you get to know the Lord Jesus Christ. How he changed your life. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more. There are three areas I'm going to focus in. Number one is about Islam. And this is for your information only. So please don't go to 7-Eleven or to the gas station and if you found a Muslim there, you grab them and he said, you believe in this and this and this, this is what they told us this morning? I'm not responsible. 
you're in your own. Sorry. So this is for you just to understand. So you can be able to communicate the gospel a little bit clearer. The other area is the theme that what we believe in. And then how we can use the Bible to communicate. Since I started uh, officially kind of my ministry or I got in, in mission in uh, uh, almost about 85 when I received the Lord Jesus Christ, I started to talk about him. From that until 2005, and I stopped counting, only by the grace of God, honestly, only by the grace of God, it was in Wajdi. In all the places that I traveled, God helped me literally to lead and to baptize about 700 to the kingdom of God. Only by using the Bible wherever I go. In fact, just last weekend I was in Edmonton and, and I talked to one of our Sudanese Muslims from the same area I come from. And he said, why you didn't touch the Quran? I said, I don't need to touch it because I have a greater book. Maybe you can pray for him. He's going with, with me to church, actually, this coming Saturday, next week. So I hope he meet Christ. So please do that. The other things I would like you to, that their concept and our concept is totally different. And you're going to see that. And in this area, please don't play any games about it. Let me say it very boldly here. The God of Islam and the God of Christianity are not the same. The Quran is not the word of God. Muhammad is not a prophet of God. Otherwise, why am a Christian? And I can discuss with you about this more and more. And you're going to find out as I do my presentation. So let us talk about the five areas. We have them like we can say similar, but they're not similar. But how we can able to fill up the gap. Number one is God. By the way, a lot of people, they ask, and even after the service, the morning service, um, somebody asked me this. Like how, we can, how they relate to God or why they're doing all this violence. It's very simple. For, for the Muslim, they relate to God by defending him. And this is why they do all the things they're defending God. For us, God defend us. And this is why you can see the difference, how we can relate to God. Well, some of the area here, how they see God. Number one, they see God as a judge. He's the one who's going to judge them. And they look to him in this kind of judge with fear. And fear is not respect. Fear with trample. The other area, they see God is an unknowable. You cannot really know him. You cannot ask who God is. You just have to believe in him. In fact, it's written, Don't ask about him in the Quran. Just believe in him. The other area also about God is uh, unpredictable. He can change his mind anytime. So, you cannot figure him out. And the last area there, you, he is not responding to human crisis. You cannot call God Father. You cannot call him a friend. You cannot relate to him at all. 
In fact, there are some people back in the Muslim world are killed because of that. Literally killed. Because he cannot relate to human crisis. He's just God and you need to respect him and believe him. So, how about us? What do we believe in God? We believe he is a loving father. Who is a father who loves us. He's a seeker, seek to those who, who want to come to him, to bring them to himself. The other area, he deliver, he heal, he save. Just like some of you here, you've been saved by his grace. And the last area, also, he's faithful and true to his word. All the promises is written here. He's faithful. The only things we have to claim it and to believe it. Amen? Are you with me here? Okay. So how we can gap this? By using some of the scripture. The prodigal son, what a beautiful story. We have the, the Samaritan woman. We have the John 9. We have Exodus. We have a lot of stories we can use about introducing God in our Bible. The other area we can look at is sin. How the Muslim deal with sin and how we deal with sin. So sin in Islam is a mistake or a choice of, or a slip of memory. So if you come and uh, you did anything wrong, just like you talk to your boss, oh, sorry, I forgot. So it's a slip of memory. I forgot to do this. The other area also they deal with sin is God's fault. For instance, we finished the service here, and uh, one of you forgot your wallet, and uh, I am hungry. I don't have uh, uh, money for gas. I can't get out of here. I kind of have a dignity. I'm not going to ask for money to give me a gas. And uh, so the wallet has been left here. I can take it. I said, God, this is your fault. You know that I need a gas and I'm hungry and I don't have any money. And you let this person forget his, his wallet. It's God's fault. Like here in the summer or in another area that the people are dressed a little bit challenging. Oh, I get tempted. It's God's fault you brought me to Canada. Why did you bring me to Canada? So this kind of things that they think is God's fault. And the other things is going to be repeated over and over again is good deeds. I grew up in, in the desert when there is no uh, electricity and uh, we have some of the dark nights. Uh, we collect a lot of woods. It's almost like campfire. And our elders will come and let it, that uh, fire. And he will say this, as the fire consumed the wood, so our good deeds to our bad deeds. So you're going to see like this good, this is going to be repeated over and over. And at the end, I'm going to show it to you what's going to help them with. So this is how they deal with sin. How do we deal with sin? Well, it's measured by God's law. God instructed us. We will not do what he asked us not to do. The other things is a result of a choice. I choose to sin. It's not anybody else's fault. 
The other area also in our belief is an offense against God. I am sinning against God. And you can see this in Psalm 51. The last area in this area is wiped by forgiveness. And this is the reason why I converted to Christianity. I was looking for forgiveness. I want forgiveness. And I couldn't find it in Islam. And I'll talk more about it. So this is kind of how we deal with sin. How this is communicated with us in the, in the Bible, we found it in Adam, Noah, David, and the Day of Atonement. And you can share it with them as it been found in the Bible. The other area also uh, we can look at is faith. The definition of faith is accepting and acting about what God says. They look to the Quran, they want to see what God is saying, what I'm not allowed to do. We look at the Bible, we, the same things. All the belief, they will look at their own books so they can follow whatever they ask them to do. So, in Islam, number one is try to keep the rules. There's a lot of rules there. And if you break one of them, you're done. Just this is what happened to me, and I will share a little bit about my testimony at the end, how I, I broke the law or the rules. The other thing is to keep the ritual. Some of the ritual, like the Muslim, they pray five times a day. And each prayer have kind of a really certain time. And the prayer, there's a lot of movement. You cannot say or talk to God whatever you have in your heart, as we say here. But you have to recite the Quran as you pray, and when you do that, you have to do a lot of movement to bow down, and you put your face down in the ground. And uh, I remember when, one day I was a little uh, boy, and I loved to play soccer, and I want to go to the game, and I have to do my prayer. So I I just did my prayer quickly, and I did one of the movements wrong, and there's, uh, an old man was watching me praying. And he saw that I did one of the movements wrong. He came close by me, and whack, he hit me. And he said, repeat it. So you have to keep the ritual. You can, they fast the whole month of Ramadan. In fact, they cannot even swallow their own saliva. They go to Mecca to, for pilgrimage, and there they have to kind of, there's a lot of ritual until you come a place that you have to stone the devil in a, in a kind of an area and, and hoping that God will forgive you. So there's a lot of ritual you keep. And if you break any of these, you break your faith. And uh, other things is knowing the fact and defend it. When I used to live in Edmonton, uh, my wife, actually, she led a Turkish lady to the Lord. And uh, she wanted to be baptized. They asked me to baptize her. And her husband came and blocked me literally in front of the church so I will not go in and baptize her. And I know her husband, and I told him, what is it for you, seriously? He's not practicing Islam. In fact, he's drinking alcohol. He's doing a lot of wrong things about Islam. And the Muslim can say, you're not a Muslim. So I told him, you're not really a Muslim. He said, well, at least I have to do something. God will give me credit for it. <laughs> so by defending the belief. So the other things is, again, doing as much good as they can. So how are we going to communicate this? This is for your information. 
what, how you can communicate with them. Number one, what you believe in. And we believe is faith is response to God. I'm responding to what God asked me or did for me. Amen? So far you are with me here? Okay, thank you. Uh, faith is a personal relationship with God. I can relate to God. I have a personal relationship with him. This is when I can call him a father, when I can call him a savior, when I can call him a friend, when I can call him a brother, because we have, we're building this relationship. And I pray, if you don't know him, you can build today this re, uh, relationship with him. In the other area also, faith is life-transforming. Sometimes I say to some of my friends, I'm glad you didn't meet me when I was a Muslim. God transform me now. Otherwise, you will be, I don't know what will happen to you. But it's transforming your life to good. In the other uh, area, in light, heart, and mind. I love it when I lead somebody to the Lord and, or tell him about God. He says, oh, is that true? Wow, that's great. It's kind of open your heart and mind. So how we can communicate this, we'll find it in our Bible. Abraham, the new covenant, Zacchaeus, and Paul. And we see how their life was transformed and how they come to faith in God. The other area I would like to also to share with you is forgiveness. And this is dear to my heart. As I told you earlier, this is the reason I became a Christian. What is forgiveness in Islam? Forgiveness in Islam is God's forgiveness, number one, has no objective. There is no really any Muslim in the world can tell me he's been forgiven or she been forgiven. No one. In the other area also is forgiveness is impossible to know. You can do your five prayer. You can fast the whole month of Ramadan. You can go to Mecca. You can pay arm to, to the poor. You can do whatever you like to do. But nobody can know. Only God. And God has to, to think if he can give it to you or not. The other area, certain amount of forgiveness will be wiped by good deeds. Again, good deeds. And at the end, I'm going to tell you what this good deed will do. Um, so what is forgiveness for us as Christians? Well, number one, as a Christian, forgiveness is a gift. It's a gift from God to each one of us. We just The only things we need to do is just to receive it. The other area in forgiveness in our belief is have an objective base because of Jesus Christ. Dying in the cross for us. Giving us a new life. And by the way, Muslims, they don't believe in the cross. They don't believe Jesus is God or even the Son of God. And this is why they, they can't have any forgiveness because there's no anyone to pay for their sin. They found it very hard to believe. The other things in our belief, forgiveness is offered to everyone. Look around you. 
We're from different race, different background, different kind of job, different kind of way of life or style. But yet we're all together. And all of us, we can receive this forgiveness. It's offered to everybody. I've been in different part of the world. I just like you who have received the forgiveness. The other area, forgiveness, is life transforming. Wasn't it good when you do something wrong to somebody and he said, I forgive you? And they will act like you never did it? You feel good about it. How about the Lord himself? God himself. We sin against him. We turn against him. We did a lot of things to him. And he said, I forgive you. I forgive you. But let me help you. We have a wonderful, wonderful God who can forgive us. We found this with uh, David and and Nathan, we can found it with a sacrificial system in our beautiful book, The Prostitute. I was sharing with a Muslim about the prostitute. He said, can really God forgive a prostitute? Back home, they will shoot them by a gun in public, by the way. Or they will beat them in public. So when I shared, he said, I don't believe this. In the other area, also the, the story of Jacob. Forgiveness. How, we'll, how we can hide a message like this from them. In the other area, also eternal life. In all religion, they kind of have an end, even with the Muslims. So what is going to happen to me in the eternal life? Well, uh, for the Muslim is unknown and uncertain. And this is why they depend on Muhammad. Because they know God can change his mind. Maybe Muhammad will help us. In fact, Muhammad tells them that in the day of judgment, I will go to God and I ask him if I can enter to paradise. And if he let me in, I will ask for my people. So I wonder if God said to him, no. That will be a disaster. <laughs> so, no assurance there. The other area also is a physical and sensual. Well, I number of times I, as I teach about Islam and, and especially uh, paradise in Islam, I said Las Vegas is more holy than what they have there. Basically, all the sin that you are forbidden to do in earth is allowed there. One of the biggest sins is called, like alcohol, they call it in, in, in Islam, Akbarul Kabair, the biggest of big. You're not allowed to buy it, to sell it, to associate with it, or to do anything. If you do this, you're considered unclean. In paradise, they have a river of alcohol. Here, they allow them only four wives in the same time. There you have 72. And other things. I, I, I'm, I will be embarrassed to mention it. So it's kind of more to enjoy yourself up there. 
Well, the woman will ask, what about us? Sorry, you're not mentioned. <laughs> we know only three women are going there and they're going to be the wife of Muhammad. Unless if you want your wife to go with you, you have to ask for her. Well, you've been good to me here. Maybe I can have you with the 72. <laughs> and uh, so even they said that... Uh, heaven in the feet of the, of the woman, or paradise in the feet of the woman, in that area, if they obey their husband, and they've been good to them. So it can be in, in your feet and look after your kids and feed your husband. Maybe he will be good with you. So this is what is it. And then it's protected into the future. What that means. So when you get there, you will know if you're allowed in or not. There's only one option for you. And this will be uh, gained by a good deed. There is a scale. Your bad deed and your good deeds. This is why the good deeds is always there. So if your good deeds is higher than your bad deeds, you may go in. And this is what they work. You found a lot of, of our Middle Eastern people and those from an Islamic background uh, or they're Muslim, they're, they're very generous and they're very good and they're uh, very hospitable. In fact, if they invite you in their home, you will have about six to seven course in your meal because they want to gain a good deed. And this good deed will allow them to to get inside there. How about us for eternal life? Well, for us, the eternal life there is begin when people respond to faith. I hear many Christians, they said, I can't wait to go to heaven to be with Jesus. Because they establish this kind of a relationship. The other area is... Uh, transforming every part of our life. We're not anymore earthly, but we are heavenly. The other area also for us as a Christian, based on God's promise, and we can know for sure. Some of the Muslims that I talk to them, I tell for sure I'm going to heaven. And they're very surprised. And that will make me to open the Bible and tell them about his promises. The other area also is a result of a relationship established by faith. As we share with them what we believe in, our concept, this is some of the area we need to do. Well, before we go this area, this is some of the story you found in your Bible, Stephen and Job and the, the crossing of the uh, Red Sea and uh, Bruins Serpent, all this is story. And I believe your pastors and your Bible study and all these things you've been going through, or I hope that you will go through it, will all tell us that from the beginning to the end that we're going to be with him. We have assurance. God is in our sight. Amen? So with all the information I give you, how are we going to do with this? Number one is, please, pray and pray and pray. Ask God to help you. 
You can't do it without prayer. The other area is uh, use the Bible and ask them to read the passage with you. And it's so powerful. In fact, I, one time I, uh, in Edmonton, I, well, I used to have an Arabic radio program, and it's, a, it's an ethnic radio, 101.9 FM, and there's a lot of languages and religion in that radio, and I used to have my own program there. And the Muslim, usually, they come and record after my program. is a pre-recorded program. One time, the imam, the Muslim leader in Edmonton, came early, and uh, he almost distracted me from recording. He had in the newspaper what some of the decision that the Anglican Church kind of put together. And he said, is this Christianity? Literally, actually, he threw the newspaper in my face. He said, this Christianity you believe in. And I looked at the newspaper. I reached to my Bible, and I opened Romans chapter 1. And I read for him. He said, they're against the Bible. I said, it's not my business here to judge anyone, but this is my belief. It's not my business to defend or to judge. My business is to believe in the Word of God. And after a little discussion, he said, can I ask you for a favor? I said, please, go ahead. He said, please don't tell anyone that you convinced me. <laughs> Just by using the Word of God. Do not use pressure or technique or any other things or manipulation. Sometimes as evangelical or as Christian, sometimes we really use some of the things, you know, like you heard it many times, I have a good news, what is it you're going to hell? So don't use these kind of things. Don't tell them you're the most terrorist people in the face of the earth. What about Osama bin Laden and all these things? Leave it alone, please. Just use what the Lord asks you to do. And then move in their speed. It's very hard, like any other belief, even a little bit harder for the Muslims, to believe in what you believe. Most of our convert, whether they're in prison or killed or under persecutions, it's not easy for them to, to accept what you're sharing. Measure their progress by their readiness. I was in, uh, in Holland in the refugee camps sharing the gospel with the refugees. And uh, one of the refugees actually walked with me until the gate at the refugee camps and there. And, and I was telling him about Jesus. And somehow the Holy Spirit led me to speak about Jesus being the light of the world. Believe me, I don't remember what... I said, I just, I don't know what God gave me. Anyway, I was just speaking up so uh, faithfully with him about Jesus being the light of the world. My right came, and then I came the next morning, and uh, I found him standing by the gate. I thought he stood there all night. So he told me, well, I, I dreamt about this beautiful light. Uh, I think this is what you were telling me last night. So I said, oh, this may be the light of Muhammad. He said, no, 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 no. I said, maybe the light of the Quran. He said, no, I think this is Jesus. I told him, now, what are you going to do about it? He said, I want that light. Just move in their, their speed. A little bit about myself. Um, as I 
been introduced. I'm a Bedouin. Actually, I raised in the desert in, in a tribal area. The first things I heard about Christianity when I was six years old, that Christians are not going to hell, but they're the firewood of hell. They're the one they're going to burn us. And at that age, when I heard this, a great anger and hatred entered to my heart toward the Christian. I said to myself, I'm going to finish this Christian. In fact, between elementary to high school, I was spelled out of eight, eight schools. I will make fight with a Christian. I will beat them up. I cut their nose and all these things because I really hated them. When I went to the university, there are a lot of political groups there, and uh, uh, one of them is the Muslim Brotherhood, and because of my upbringing and my uh, knowing of the Quran, I said, this is the closest people I can join, and I joined the Muslim Brotherhood. During my time in the university, I met a Christian friend there, and he was telling me about Jesus. Every time he will tell me about Jesus, I beat him literally. Sometimes blood will come out of his mouth and nose. One day he decided to do something in the university, and the Muslims were not happy about it, the Muslim Brotherhood. So they decided they will kill him. As we have our meeting, actually, I'm not going to go to details, but anyway, they assigned me to do that killing. We went to his room, we were at resident, the university resident, and it was so dark, we entered there, we saw somebody laying there, I picked up a very heavy metal stick. My idea, I'm going to break every single bones in his body. The two they went with me, they hold him very tight. The person was there. And I start to beat him up, I can hear some of his bones crashing. It was a joy for me to do this for a Christian. Suddenly he stopped moving. We thought he's dead, but later on we found that he's still alive. And every time I go to different places and share my testimony, I regret I left a paralyzed person in the world. I graduated from university. I worked for a, a French company. It's called Meridian. It specializes in hotel and Air France and some of the tourist things in, in, in that area. And this is where I commit or broke the rules of Islam. I associated with alcohol. I didn't drink it, but I associated with the people who were drinking it, and it was in my hand. I thought it was juice. And later on, I told my cousin about it, and he went and told the people in the mosque that I associated with alcohol. There is the three stages of faith in, in, in Islam. Number one, if you are a good Muslim and you see something wrong, you have to act by your hand. That means violence defending God. Number two, you will have to speak loudly against it. If you are outnumbered, you just keep it in your heart and walk away, and this is what I did. So when he told the people in the mosque that I associated with alcohol, I was beaten that afternoon by 800 people. No forgiveness. They isolated me from any religious practice. I'm not allowed to touch the Quran. I'm not allowed to pray. I'm not allowed to say God in my lips. I'm not allowed to come close to any religious things because I'm unclean. I started to look for forgiveness. Is there anyone can forgive me? And here one, my Christian friend come to my life and told me that there is one who forgive you, Jesus. And he used the Bible, a story from the Bible about Jesus forgiving sin. I was a little bit stubborn. I came to realize that this phase is true, but I, I was afraid to take any step. In fact, I told my friend, I get to learn your Jesus is a Jesus of miracle, and he can do this miracle. And if he can do this miracle for me, 
to bring the sun and put it in my right hand and the moon in my left hand, and I can see the sun and the moon, I will never change. I born Muslim, I lived Muslim, I will die Muslim. And he knew exactly what I was going through. He took me later on to an elderly lady from the same tribe I come from. She became a Christian when she was 14 through the medical doctor who will come to the Bedouin to see how they're doing. And she was helping him like a nurse. And he told her about Jesus and she went and told the tribe about Jesus. The tribe beat her up and do a lot of things to her. Finally, they decide to burn her alive. And they did. That medical doctor rescued her, took her to the city, looked after her. He was a young doctor just uh, in his kind of early practice. So after he helped her and she became well, he didn't know what to do with her. He married her. <laughs> it's, it's allowed. But the story we heard is totally different. So when I saw her, I thought she brought shame to my tribe. But when she told me the real story, now is an Arabic man thinking. I said, if a woman can do it, a man like me cannot do it. And this when I went to my friend, I told him, I'm ready to receive Jesus. At that time, actually, before, I started to read the Bible. One thing stuck in my mind. How does Christian practice this book? This book is very hard to practice when you speak about forgiveness and love and holiness. It's very easy to sin. It's very easy to lie. It's very easy to not forgive. So as I went from a Christian to Christian, from church to church, how to practice this book, nobody was able to answer me. In fact, the church told my friend, don't bring him here because he asked too much question. And then I went to one of the pastors and I told him, how do you practice this book? And he told me. And he ended with this. Unless you receive Jesus in your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to control your life, you cannot practice what is written here. He was so convincing, I have to run literally from him before he will convert me. And then I met that elderly lady from my tribe. And I can see Jesus transform life. There when I received Jesus, I asked him to forgive me and to come my heart. As he asked me to kneel down and to close my eyes. I was waiting for a dramatical things to happen. And I refused even to open my eyes after he asked me to say amen. I asked him if my skin color changed. He said, just open your eyes. But something really happened. I felt a great peace come into my heart. I want to assure you, I still have that peace with me. And it wasn't easy. I was arrested because at that time, Sudan became an Islamic state. It's a crime for the Muslim to change his belief. In that police station, I was beaten so hardly. And then we were put in prison. We were three. I met the other two when we were in the court. The judge asked us for one thing. Renounce Christianity, embrace Islam. You're free to go. I was ready to renounce Christianity. But the two friends, they said, no. We'll explain everything to you. It was that prayer at the court. 
that three of us will be in the same cell. God answered that prayer. That cell was so special to me because inside that cell, I had my first Bible study. I get to learn all what I need to learn about Jesus. They will take us out and they will do all kinds of things. Whatever will come to your mind, it happened to us in the prison as a Christian. But one thing we look forward to, our Bible study inside the cell. According to the Islamic law, that we have to be killed because we, we departed the religion. Every Friday in Iran, Sudan, and Saudi Arabia, if you steal, they will cut your hand from here. If you cause disturbance, they will get your leg. If a woman commits adultery, she will be shot by a gun in her head. A man will be headed by a sword. And this used to be our entertainment every Friday. I never thought they would come and watch me die. I watched Mahmoud being hanged. The second Friday, it was Imad. The third Friday was my Friday, 1985, February. The same day was they were supposed to carry it on. Is the same day when Gaddafi attacked Sudan. We used to have a, a war between Sudan and Libya. And he decided to cripple the economy of Sudan. So he bombed the, the industrial area where our prison was there. In the middle of confusion, all of us prisoners, we, we ran in a different direction. I ran back to the city. With the help of two mission organizations, I was able to leave Sudan. I went to different countries. I was in a ship. And God was working in Canada. Prairie Bible College were having a scholarship for a Muslim convert from a third world country who's interested in mission. For seven, ever, seven years, even before I became a Christian. So the mission organization, they said, well, we have this young man in the heart of London and we don't know what to do with him because I was about to be deported. And they said, bring him. But one thing is that they told him that he doesn't speak any English. When I arrived in Canada, I spoke only two words. I was confused between both of them. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> and uh, I was holding the airport for a while. If the officer will not like my answer, I will just switch to the other one. And when I got there, I thought I'm in heaven because everybody was white. And then I went outside, and the field, everything was white. I thought I'm in heaven until I stepped outside. I said, no, heaven is not called like this. <laughs> and then I saw God using me. Let me close with this. Sorry, I took a little bit of my time here. About three, I said last service too, but it was three. Three Christmas ago, the Muslim Association and the Supreme Council, they came and met with me here in Calgary. I didn't know I'm very important, you know, so the leader, they came, and because I share my testimony all over the place, and they know who I am, and I didn't know I'm, anyway, it was a good surprise for me. So they have some things for me, a paper. Number one, I'm not allowed to share my testimony anymore. Number two, as I shared in the earlier, I'm not allowed to say, the Muslim God and the Christian God are a different God. And I'm not allowed to speak about Islam. And there's the last one is about, there's a doctor in Islam, it's called Taqiyah. It's almost a holy lie. So when they give me the paper to sign, I told him, what is it for me? They said, we will not bother you anymore. We'll be your friend. 
Well, I told them, you know, number one, the Sudanese are very well known. You can ask all the African and the Arabs. We're the laziest people in the face of the earth. So I told them I've been in Canada for all this year, until now I don't speak proper English. Because I learned one word a year. And that word was chew it. So take this paper and chew it. The second thing is, I am doing what God asked me to do. And this is my challenge for you. Are you doing what God asking you to do? God asking you today to believe in him and to trust in him. God is asking you today to proclaim his wonderful name. God is asking you, don't compromise your belief. Stand for what you believe. Don't let anyone take the peace and the love of God from you. And this is what he's asking you to do. Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the time we spent here. I thank you that you call us to yourself. A great blessing in everyone here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.